Welcome to The Weekly. And as always, it is an honor and privilege to be co-hosting with my lovely and talented co-host, Chris Stonebush. Oh, all right. Where is this going? All right. Hello, everyone. <laughs> that's it. Oh, that's it. Okay. I'm Jeremy. And this week on The Weekly, uh, No Dark Sun 5E. Oh, okay. Yeah. RuneQuest returns to Japan. Okay. Uh, Black Chrome is go. Mm-hmm. And Starfinder enhanced. <laughs> I can only think of like computer enhanced. <laughs> right, right. So let's start with a uh, a Rasmussen poll that I just made up and actually doesn't okay. exist. <laughs> okay. But it presented this statement. Right. It's okay to play 5E. Do you agree, disagree, or have no opinion? Those are my only choices? Yes. <laughs> uh, this is a Rasmussen poll. <laughs> oh, I've... Okay, I'm going to go with B, disagree. Okay. (laughs) All right. And a a follow-up statement. Uh, 5E players can be racist. Agree, disagree, or... Definitely agree. (laughs) Okay, well... Well, There's a can in there, not not an R, right? If if it said 5E players are racist, I I would have to probably say no, but 5E players can be racist? Yes. There has to be yes. Okay. Well, there we have it. So definitive proof that 5E (laughs) players can be considered a hate group and should be avoided. Oh, geez. All right. There we go. Yeah, so this is... I'm just making fun (laughs) of the... uh, the Scott Adams uh, nonsense, his uh, tirade, and uh, fortunately, we don't have to look at Dilbert anymore. That's the only good thing to come out of it. I but, miss uh, him. Yeah. You know, Dilbert was only ever funny after I moved to Japan and started kind of working in a shitty uh, company, and then I'm like, okay, I kind of get this. But then as soon as, like, Scott Adams just, mm-hmm. just like, oh, all right. <laughs> all right. There's the creator. Yeah. All right. And, of course, we are... Uh, so Brink Watch, yep. <laughs> day twenty four. So oh, hashtag tracking this. My yes, God. <laughs> hashtag resign Kyle, <laughs> and that leads us into our first story. Yeah. So he continues this. Uh, I don't know the shame parade, whatever uh, the executive party? Uh, director. Party? Yeah. yeah. So Kyle Brink um, is continuing to uh, uh, be interviewed on podcasts, and this time it was. And I enjoyed this guy's channel a lot. He's real kind of down to earth. And as mm. soon as the OGL stuff started, he's like, "Hey, let's look at Dungeon Crawl Classics. Hey, let's look at other right. systems." Because okay. like, he was strictly five E. Oh, on really? The okay. Okay. And so I have a lot of respect for and him. And you saying, liked him before that, <laughs> and it, well, it just uh, very interesting, right. interesting approaches and criticism of it because he okay. he he very honestly loved it and didn't have like a, there's no weird agenda. Right. He wasn't uh, so just yeah very a very uh, very interesting guy. Good uh, good channel. So he got the chance to uh, uh, talk to executive director Kyle Brink uh, for Wizards, and uh, in the continued attempt to kind of rehabilitate D and D's image after mm-hmm. the OGL. Mm-hmm. And so the topic of Dark Sun Revival came up. Right. And Kyle was quoted as saying, I'll be frank. Oh, I should do. Oh, I forget my Kyle voice. <laughs> I'll be frank here. <laughs> okay. Now you've got the like Dark like Sun setting two is. cigarettes hanging out of his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. It's problematic in a lot of ways. And uh, that's the main reason we can't have. Uh, can't come back to it. Uh, we know it's a, got a huge fan following, and we have standards today that make it extraordinarily hard to uh, be true to the source material and also meet our ethical and inclusion standards. We know there's a lot of love out there, and God, we would love to make those people happy. And also, we got to be responsible. So they're yeah they're basically saying there's no way to separate the wheat from the chaff. As I far disagree. As Dixon. Yeah, right, right. I yeah, no, I think right. so. And somebody else uh, disagrees uh, or agrees with you and disagrees with Kyle. Uh, Ajit George, one of the uh, uh, designers that worked on uh, Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah is, ex- expressed specifically that he would love to tackle Dark Sun. So a uh, a designer of color. Yep. Uh, designing a dark sun as sort of a dark counterpart point to uh, uh, radiant counterpart to radiant citadel. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought. I mean, it's 
it's all possible to do. You can't. It's not all or nothing. And yeah, it's yeah. it's it's really silly that uh, these companies are just ah uh, well we can't because they don't want to put in the work. Right. They, they right, don't want to put right. in the work, and they don't want to alienate the grognards or old guard who mm -hmm. say, oh, this is a woke dark zone. Right. They don't want to lose that business. So it's better to just kind of say, oh, we're we're maybe or or we're not going to do it so that people continue to consume or buy or make fan content for the old stuff mm -hmm. without them going, oh, you're never going to be. Anyway, yeah, you can do it. You just don't want to. Right. And, you know, the, the players and the, the customers are not idiots and they're not children. Well, most of them are not children right. legally. Most of them are uh, idiots. <laughs> but uh, but uh, they still have the old books and they still have access to the old books. So they could release a Dark Sun setting and said, we specifically did not include this mm -hmm. as part of the lore. Feel free to put it back in. Do whatever the hell you want at your table. We'll judge you like... <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I'll judge you, you yeah. right? If you live stream it, <laughs> yeah, if, you, yeah. if you do an actual play, we'll have something to say. But, uh, you know, at your table, you're, you're free to do whatever you want. So I don't understand why um, they're so... I guess they're just gun-shy because they're, they're already I blown so, yeah. it. Yeah, they've already just uh, blown it. And then with a couple of different settings. I think the Spelljammer was a, a miss. Uh, they, they didn't handle that very well. It was just too pared down, too unplayable right. as a source book. Well, I haven't read it, so I can't really... And like, yeah. okay, what I remember of Dark Sun is uh, desert and psionics and a lot of slaves. Right. Yeah. Slaves so like, and gladiators. Like and, that, yeah. That's the big thing, right? Just cannibals. Like, yeah. <laughs> hey, cannibals are fine, right? I mean, like, if the big thing is like slavery, then just like cut that part out. Mm. Right. Yeah. Like, sorry, this, this, there are no slaves. And something, right. Just, just don't do it. Right. Yeah. I think it, it's not. And because the. The lore of those that whole world and everything exists in in the second edition and fourth edition publications. People still have it, and so they can include or or Not take include, out yeah, yep. anything. Yeah, and anything. let's be honest. Come on, like the fact that the Forgotten Realms or whatever standard D and D setting doesn't explicitly say there is slavery hasn't stopped <laughs> anyone <laughs> from doing the slavers storyline or whatever. Right. So it's not like, come on, Kyle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Come on. That's going to be my catchphrase. Come on, come on, come on Kyle. Right. Come on. So uh, we even got a quote from the Dark Sun co-creator, Troy Denning. And uh, he said, I think that uh, if they reissued Dark Sun and asked me to do it, I would want to take a very careful look at it and make sure that the stereotypes were not being used negatively and that we were avoiding uh, stereotypes as much as possible. I'm proud of everything I did in Dark Sun, but that is not to say I couldn't do better now. That is a very decent statement. Yeah. So that's like... I did it. I made it. I was part of it at the time, right? Mm -hmm. And it was the it was the you know edgy '90s and everything. So, yeah, the uh, uh, and I think uh, uh, they should be talking to these original designers, but of course mm -hmm. they're not going to because uh, you know that might cost them money, and they want to yeah, uh, yeah just have it all uh, contract and uh, yeah as cheap as possible. Yeah. So anyhow, so there, there's another dark moment. Our Kyle watch continues. So we'll well uh, what this <laughs> what this incentivizes me to do. Is to make a dark hammer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Anyway, like that's the thing, right? Like, okay, I okay. As long as you don't use the five E system, because right, <laughs> like, go out and make whatever Dark Sun analog game mm -hmm. you want, right? The, and Wizards the, said we're not going to do it, so here's yeah. your chance for no, that's to true. make it. Yeah, that that's, came out that's, really poorly, <laughs> and that's that's the uh, strange thing 
too is when they do a setting, when they when they do one of these settings, then that gives permission for all of the kind of third party people mm. to then put things on the DMs Guild supporting that. Yeah, yeah. But not until they do it. Maybe that's you, also yeah. why they're not going to. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that that was oh, I, I forget when, but then when that first started coming out, it seemed like people were like, "Oh, Spelljammer and Darkthorn are mysteriously absent from this thing," meaning you can't make mm -hmm. content for it on the DMs Guild. Just another reason to not put shit on the DMs guild, right? <laughs> right, right. Like file the serial numbers off whatever mm -hmm, product mm -hmm. you want and just put it on drive through RPG, right? You're not gonna be able to use all the bells and whistles and yeah. statted stat blocks, but do you really need that? <laughs> yes. Uh but turning to a uh, local story, local okay. news, Ooh. and uh, a more positive story. So uh, RuneQuest is uh, the legendary game is returning to the Japanese market with a uh, new edition. So Frog Games, our friends at Frog Games, mm -hmm. uh, who uh, localized Cthulhu. The, oh, cool. uh, yeah. The uh, most popular role-playing game in Japan. Oh, yeah, but the, no, the Rules Light. This I'm sorry, the Swedish version. Oh, the, the right. Rules Light version. So they, they localize sorry. that, but they do also. I think I think they're also responsible. It might be Hobby Japan, but they're also. Oh, I think you're right. It's Hobby Japan. Yeah. yeah uh, but they do now have the license to do a new edition of the Chaosium RuneQuest role-playing in Glorantha. Oh wow. Uh, so you know the original or the the, the most recent iteration uh, created by Greg Stafford and first published by Chaosium in 1978. So previously, Hobby Japan did translate and sold portions of RuneQuest 3rd Edition uh, between 1987 and 1994. And at that time, it was even more popular in the Japanese market than Dungeons & Dragons. So in the 80s, um, the uh, RuneQuest was beating D&D. Yeah, world's most popular role-playing game, my ass. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's great. So I think people are probably very happy. There'll be some a lot of uh, nostalgia and some people mm. that will be happy to see this back in Japan. So we're looking at a fall of 2023 release. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be yeah really interested to see how how they handle that and what they look like uh, as far as the volumes because sometimes they you know they adjust the art and everything mm. for Japanese market. They get Japanese illustrators to make it more friendly to the um, domestic market. So I'd love to see the uh, the anime. Yeah, like I was I was going to bring that up. I didn't Bronze buy it. Age anime. I didn't buy it. <laughs> right. But I remember seeing a fourth edition player's handbook, and it looked like a shonen manga. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. Like the cover. I'm just like well. Mm -hmm. There's your classic sword-wielding <laughs> hero. There's your gruff little dwarf. There's mm -hmm. your kind of clerky guy. And there's your super busty elf. <laughs> right. All right. You, yeah, that's what I was expecting, right? <laughs> right. Mm. Yeah, so it, it'll be fun to see. And I'm not sure. Maybe Frog, uh, Frog Games is more of a, a purist. Like, maybe they will... Um, just you know, use original art. They right. maybe get licensed to original art and things. But it has been when things have been localized, they do tend to go a little uh, local flavor as far as the animation. Local flavor, <laughs> giant anime titty. I don't yeah. know. I think so. I think yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, it really is. Right. Okay. R relatedly, I haven't found it, but I think mm -hmm. I saw somewhere online that the okay record of Lotus War, and I'm off mm -hmm. anime, but I remember watching a couple of episodes. I was people always say like, oh, that was inspired by D and D, right? Right. I think. Someone said that recently the game notes or play notes or Ooh. actual play, the text version mm -hmm. of the game that became Record oh. of Lotus War has been like released oh, interesting. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Don't know where it is. Haven't found yeah. it. And probably won't read it. But it is kind of like interesting. Yeah. 
here's the game and it's D&D which is why I don't care right like here's the notes of the D&D game that mm-hmm. became record of Lotus War yeah I don't I don't know why like wizards I don't know why they point to that stuff I mean more than it appearing on Stranger Things or whatever there's a lot of things in pop culture there's a lot of things in Japanese manga and everything that are directly inspired by D&D play sessions like campaigns yeah. why don't they say yeah we're we're the, we're the origin we're the start of it all we're, insp- we're inspiring we're creative why don't they go that angle instead of saying oh we don't want to give credit to another company's you know property right. I uh, <laughs> but uh, maybe no, they I, can't I, compete with Call of Cthulhu over here. Or maybe they've given yeah, up. We don't want right, it. Right. Yeah, that's true. Well, let's turn to a game. I don't, I don't think it's shown up uh, shown up in Japan. Hmm. Um, I think at one point it did. Earlier versions did. But as far as uh, Cyberpunk Red, so Black Chrome is getting uh, a release, and so people have been waiting for this for a while. Um, it's available for purchase as a, as a PDF on Drive Through, and will be uh, physical copies are now shipping out to stores. They're saying it's going to be so. This is. Uh, uh, the uh, kind of style book, style guide, item book, and kind of uh, the, a lot of the flavor for playing Cyberpunk Red in the 2077 setting. So the setting of the okay. game. Yeah, the setting of the uh, the PC uh, and uh, console game. Right, okay. So um, people have been waiting this for, for a while because they, they teased, I think they did like a starter kit, like a starter set that allows you to play in that setting and uh, kind of tweaks the mm. rules to fit the systems and the, the timeline of uh, 2077. And I could, because I think Red is actually be af- after that. I, yeah. So I think chronologically, I may, I may be wrong about that, but I believe Red is, the setting of Red is after that. So you're rewinding a little bit. And the classic, you know, 2020 stuff mm. is is kind of distant memory for. Can I just say it's kind of depressing that this was the Cyberpunk 2020, and we mm-hmm. have none of that shit. <laughs> right. It is 20 goddamn 23, <laughs> right. right? Well, we do have j- tracking. We're okay, you know, I didn't, mean, I didn't mean the shitty stuff. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. right. So, um, yeah, the. Uh, so Black Chrome is going to be uh, twelve additional idle I- items. Molly Anderson's Night Market. Uh, so here's the here's the kind of the rundown right. of everything in Chrome. And they do a funny thing on the website where they call this their DLC section. So they're kind of like it's a little bit confusing because if you're googling stuff or whatever, DLC mm. is for PC games. Right. This is physical, but you can also buy a digital copy. So they're having a DLC section for Cyberpunk Red. Over 170 items to make uh, your cyberpunk even more cyberpunk. Uh, new apps, gear, linear frames, uh, cyberware, vehicles, fashion, and armor. New lore about the megacorps and the neocorps uh, trying to claw their way back to the top of the hill. A lesson on the economics in the time of red and six night markets and dangerous fixers who run them. So, uh, yeah, just adding the the flavor that um, is present in the game that there, there really aren't mm. sources yet. I think they're eventually going to come out with a full source book for that setting oh, so you can actually convert that over. Because it is popular. I mean, the game, even though it had a real bumpy release and it's it's recovering as far as being playable on everybody's PC, that setting is popular. And the anime, like, even cemented that yeah, yeah. as well, the, the Edge Runners. Cemented that as, as, as you know, a fun uh, setting. And, and definitely I'm much more inspired because of, play through that game a few times i'm much more inspired to want to play in that setting if we did cyberpunk because it, it feels uh, it's familiar you know and I, I could definitely run that much better than maybe uh, van- right. vanilla red you know but anyhow uh so Sounds um like a new brand of coke vanilla red <laughs> <laughs> yes 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 so cyberpunk chrome plus is available uh in their dlc section and then on uh, drive through rpg is the full black chrome that has all of those items and enhancements. So if you're trying to 2077 up your cyberpunk, there you go. Um, yeah, and it's got the same kind of like nice design and layout that uh, you know makes it look like a, a, an artifact from that uh, time, except it's on paper, <laughs> except it's yeah, printed yeah. on paper, or could be. 
All right. And the last thing we wanted to talk about. Oh, what is that? Oh, hey. Oh, I totally missed that. Yeah, that was let me uh, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you. Thank you, Matt has become a member. Oh, someone's Ooh. gifting memberships. So Abyss, thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Nice. So Abyss, a dedicated follower, has gifted memberships and Matt has received. So Matt is now a member. Yeah. Excellent. Not only a mod, not only a powerful <laughs> mod, but a member. <laughs> not only the owner of the company, he's a client. <laughs> oh, yeah, <geez. laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so much. We need to start infomercials with that again. Yeah, right. We, <laughs> we need that. Excellent. And uh, yes, so thank you, Abyss. Appreciate much appreciated. Also, the last thing we wanted to touch on, and, and it's, it, I mean, really, Paizo's having a hell of a year. Then they didn't even know this was coming. They didn't even do it. <laughs> yeah, they no, didn't I'm, not, it. I'm not going to say they didn't do anything because <laughs> you can't, you didn't just sit back and, yeah, yeah you, right. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, they're actively, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anti, yeah, anti uh, OGL, you know, the open DD. I've been anti Where's my where's my kudos? Right? <laughs> as long as I've been anti where's my right. anyway. See, just goes to show you they weren't passive. Yes, right? yeah, right. They didn't right, just right. yell about it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So they uh Pathfinder, um the Pathfinder Studio, so Paizo is um going to be releasing uh Starfinder Enhanced. Mm -hmm. And so this is uh similar to what they did at the end of first edition Pathfinder with uh Pathfinder Unchained. Okay. They're I releasing a book that it has a lot of tweaks and finesses a lot of rules and kind of gets things. It's kind of, it's not quite a one, like a 0.5 right, right, okay. edition, but it's kind of preparing people because as source books and supplements and things have been released, adventure paths, the rules are kind of changing a little bit. That's kind of tweaking subclasses and how mm -hmm. things work. And so the original rule system is, uh, is a little bit behind. So this is a book that's going to kind of tweak everything and bring it up to kind of uh, a more streamlined version of uh, what all of the uh, source books and everything the adventure paths mm -hmm. are doing so far so what, what oh hey oh. hey now i'm a member <laughs> yeah, yay not only a client but a member <laughs> I, yeah now i am a member as well thank you thank you abyss <laughs> that's hilarious so we're getting some uh, i've joined i've joined the party uh so the um Oh, yeah. So this is the, the first major revision for Starfinder. Um, it was published originally in August of 2017. So that's... Oh, that's kind of old. Yeah, right? that is crazy. I can't five, believe... That's almost five years, right? Yeah. And it seems... it seems uh, No, six. Yeah, yeah it seems uh, brand new. I still... It seems like it's a, a new mm. thing. But yeah, it's been around for a while and there's been a lot published for it since. So what's going to happen are the classes, starship combat, uh, character options, and new species have all been touched up, rebuilt, or expanded in uh, Starfinder Enhanced. So this is coming out in October. It's like everything's coming out. In the in the fall, hmm. it's going to be a 192 page hardcover book with totally totally revised fundamentals. So uh, new systems for player options, revised core classes. So the envoy, the Solarian, the Technomancer, and the uh, Witch Warper specifically are being rebalanced for ease of play. Design sensibilities are uh, reflected uh, in the most recently published uh, classes and, mm -hmm. and in the new uh, sources. A suite of new class features and character options, 90 new feats, because you got to have a lot of feats, 90 new feats along with additional archetypes, equipment, and spells, a new uh, scalable system for equipment to help things uh, so your trusty pistol can grow in power. The other thing they're adding is a narrative uh, starship combat system. So a little bit more mm. uh, role play as far as what you're doing on the ship. You're not just looking at your character sheet and, and you know doing skill tests. Right. Uh, spending opportunities for resolve and creature companion features. So the the fun thing about Starfinder and the the novelty that I liked about it right away is they released these alien archives, which are basically their monster manuals. But in those, 
you know, so many of the uh, species are playable character okay. races. So I mean, it was a lot to handle right away. A lot to you know that 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 could get unbalanced, and mm. you could have ends up with some really weird you know species class kind of combos. But that was really fun because that feels very sci-fi. Where you're flipping through a monster manual, I want to play this jelly oh, thing with person. tentacles. <laughs> you're that person. Oh. All right, but yep. uh, no, I think that that makes it feel so much different than Pathfinder. You know that that okay. it's it's yep. less uh, it's more open and more kind of you know infinite because sci-fi like feels better that way like fantasy always has like you know kingdoms and kind mm. of you know realms and edges of things so yeah i thought that was fun so um yeah so similar to the uh, pathfinder unchained that was released in 2015 which kind of heralded the play test for second edition right. pathfinder which as we now know is kind of stripped as much of the as much as they can of D uh out of it so it's kind of the pezzo's trying to make pathfinder its own thing i still wonder I, okay mm. i'm not really that interested in pathfinder or starfinder mm. i wonder how you would strip D D out of it and what exactly that means is it well, kind of like f- fiction wise because i hate the word lore yeah. is it mechanics wise because you, you're, you're still going to have your six classic stats oh, right, 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 right and that's right. kind of become D and d right you know become, is, the, is. yeah they have and i guess that the, the that kind of um that statement is a little bit moot now since the srd went into mm-hmm. uh, you know so so that it's creative commons and they haven't done it yet but 3.5 will eventually they, they said all of that is going to go like all versions are going to be SRD, yeah, SRD, and Creative and, Commons. And Creative Commons. So it, that it will be kind of, it won't be, it'll, that won't matter at all if, if they take it completely out. Because as long as they, uh, but they did say so. People were worried because in Pathfinder uh, Second Edition, the core book, it does have the OGL, right, right. And but uh, so people were worried when this thing started. But they said, no, don't worry. You know what we did with this system is move it away as much as possible from D and D. So we will see. But um, one more thing that came up with. Uh, so, so yeah, so October for uh, Starfinder Enhanced and forty five dollars for hardcover. And keep an eye out because they do have dinged, dinged and bashed up kind of right. uh, second uh, second sales. Uh, if you're going to bash it around on the table anyhow, want to pay a little bit less? How are you that? playing when you're like? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like that. I like that Paizo does that and doesn't just send you their dinged books and right, make right. you pay full price. No, no. So if, you can if, buy... if the choice is saying yes, I will pay less for a damaged book versus full price, and oh what the. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and it yeah, got that's, damaged that's anyhow crappy, in the yeah. mail. <laughs> so I like that. So keep an eye out. Yeah, digital and hardcover available. But Paizo also uh, released a statement that it is banning AI-created art and contents in its RPGs. Thank you. So, And this is including cre- uh, community-created work for both uh, Pathfinder and Starfinder. So they're committing themselves to uh, work by human professionals. Mm. And I think... Uh, we especially this hobby needs to keep emphasizing that because I can't lazy DMs and so many fucking people, sorry, are are just like, oh wow, do you believe what this can do? This can write all of my character okay. descriptions for you. This can write all my. This can build the world for me. Sure, it can. Yeah, if it, you want to write it, the, the most boring exactly. Frankenstein yeah. world ever. Well, would it be? Oh, I guess it would be boring because all yeah. it's done is it's like pulling out tropes. Yeah, yeah. So it's. I, I mean, I, I really don't. We're gonna have. We're dealing with this era. They already talked about the. Um, ebook market is and and in journals too because a lot of journals are only online like Mm. only digital are being flooded now with uh, ai written short stories and stuff so these people have to you know just filter this stuff out and it's it's polluting you know the kindle uh stores and stuff on amazon because people are just they can release anything that they want yeah and it's just um flooding now so you're you're not going to actually be able to even find new things written by humans because the titles now are just uh, out of control no I, I couldn't tell you what it was but uh, because i'm not involved in absolutely everything but like people were a couple of weeks ago some journals or or some like fiction journals said that that's it we can't 
we can't take submissions anymore. Right. Because right. like we don't want AI stuff, but we don't have the manpower mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. filter through all this stuff. So as crappy as it is, the solution is just to say, no, we, we can't right. take submissions anymore. Yeah. So you have to have to have representation. So that's what they're doing is they're giving a lot of literary agents a lot more money <laughs> because mm -hmm. you're going to have to go through agencies and people that are actually going to vouch for you that you don't uh, <laughs> you don't click a button to write your story. So, uh, yeah, in the statement, they're saying, you know, the cheap and easy to use AI uh, art and text generators are changing the uh, changing the field and the content very much. They're commit committing to uh, work by humans and promising contractual bans on AI generated art. So 2021 became the um, uh, first. Uh, the, oh, and also Paizo. So another another thing to uh, credit to Paizo is 2021, they became the first tabletop role playing company to unionize. Yeah, okay. So um, they're changing their contracts to add th this language. And uh, and that also includes, like I said, the marketplace. So that's that's very encouraging. Mm -hmm. um, so AI generated is not permitted at all. Our customers expect a, a quote from them. Our customers expect a human touch to our releases. And so long as the ethical and legal circumstances surrounding these programs remains murky and undefined, we are unwilling to associate our brands with this technology in any way. So uh, yeah, NFTs, all that stuff. I think companies should be very clear that we don't know what the hell this is, what people are trying to do with this, and the exploitation that it involves. So, yep. yeah, just We're stay not away. touching it. Yep. So as and as soon as we start to have good tools for detecting uh, AI created and generated text and, and images. I mean, that, that will make things more clear. And it's already been established. I think the U.S. Patent Office, not that, you know, yeah, the, yeah. but a precedent was I set. Like a rare win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, not Patent Office, the Copyright Office. Yeah. Uh, copyright Office, someone submitted an AI-generated comic, and they were refused copyright because they said, this is uncopyrightable material. So that's perfect. I mean, that's exactly the legal stance that it should have is it's not worth anything, and anyone can take it from you and republish it, do whatever they want. So feel free to generate all the AI art yeah. that you want. If you come up with a nice combination of things because you did the right text prompt, Everybody, especially bigger companies, can just take that out from under you, republish it, and make money from it because that is un unprotectable. Yeah. You know, so it's not because it's not yours. You didn't no. do anything. You didn't do anything yeah. except come with. A, you made a sentence that yeah, said yeah. "cool cyberpunk story about the guy that," yeah. and, <laughs> and it created something just wonderful. So um, another. Uh, so this came up one more time in the uh, Cities Without Numbers uh, Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. So uh, Kevin Crawford also uh, had a statement on that uh, Kickstarter page, a word about the art. So the book is originally roughed out with just stock art, and uh, he always chooses to commission uh, specific art. And then uh, because he always does a free edition that's almost all of the book itself, um, you know, just minus uh, right. some, some minor systems and things, um, the free commercial uh, PDF is released later, so he has to buy the art to be able to release it for free commercially. You mm -hmm. know, because it, it's 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 included in a for sale product and included in a free product. Right. So always, uh, that is the uh, the effort, and uh, uh, so avoiding AI art, he's going to make a specific effort to avoid AI art because it's the interpretation is still it's automated IP theft. So he said uh, on the Kickstarter page, I license my stock art, and every piece in the book involves a human artist getting paid for it, and he is avoiding, uh, you know, specifically if, if people are known to work with AI art or that's part of the tools that they heavily use, he's going to try to avoid mm. some of that uh, as much as possible. But he's saying, I'm not an expert on this. Right, right. I, I don't have an eye for it. I'm not really going to know unless somebody specific, unless the artist says I do this, then I can say, well, sorry, I, I'm not comfortable working. Right. Or unless someone can prove it. And I think that right, right. we're kind of at that. We're not at that point. But for small companies, mm -hmm. you got to be. I think saying, to the best of my knowledge right, and ability, right. is kind of the best you can say mm -hmm. right now. And I can 
I can say, and especially for people that have uh, really high production, like a, a concept artists and things, the AI generated art has a use as a tool. Mm. I think iterating, being able to just iterate on something and, and see a combination of images that never would have occurred to you and have that be the inspiration for your work or inspiration for a composition or something, that's valid. Right. But as long as the work is done by you and it's interpreted through a, a human hand and a human, you know, human brain, I think that makes sense. So there is a place for AI generated uh, art as as far as a tool, as far as like roughing things out or as far as just iterating on ideas to kind of come up with something that you never would have gotten to. And, and the same thing with probably writing. I'm sure that there are are um, useful ways that you can use AI text to kind of find a way hmm. um, and and then put your give you, give it your voice, you know. Right. No, I forget who put it up, but there was like there's been a couple of really good like little Twitter comics and like the whole crux of the thing is like okay, art has to be filtered through as cheesy as it sounds like a human soul, right? There has to be some kind of human mm-hmm. intent. There is no human intent with AI, right? Right? It's just this like you trained Mm -hmm. the ai to associate these things and so it spit all all it spits out is associations there's no meaning or connection Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. just this word appeared next to this word more times than not so i'm going to give that to you Mm. right yeah and as someone that's uh worked as an illustrator it's particularly disgusting that I, I'm not going to say that like programming and and designing AI is not creative, but there's definitely contempt that these overpaid programmers and AI designers have for creatives that have chosen a lower paying, more kind of soul, you know, rend- <laughs> rendering, uh, you know, uh, style to express themselves. They have contempt for that, and they just say, "I could do that with a press of a button. Let me write something that can do exactly what you can do." Right. And so <clears throat> the, maybe the best thing to come out of all this AI generation thing is that we will finally realize, <coughs> sorry, we'll finally realize like what it is, what the essence of, you know, human creativity is and how you can define it and separate it from just something that's mass produced by software. Well, and so you can. Yeah. So I, I really, but I really hope that um, we get to that point because there is so much contempt for oh, this, you know, this painting sold for this many million dollars. I could have done that. Like that. And that's that, the thing, right? Like, okay, like. <laughs> Okay, we're getting into like art. Like, okay, yeah, okay. I don't illustrate anymore, right? But yeah, I went to art school, kind of an art history, and like it was always going through the, like the modern wing section, going, "What the fuck am I looking at?" Right, oh, right, 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 right. So it's like, right? but then once you like find out like the context, okay, like everyone else or like so many other people were doing realistic. This was a conscious choice oh, yeah, on right. the artist to go completely different direction, right? Mm-hmm. And I've found that once I understand like the context. Oh, I get it now. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like dog bump, but I can't. But I get it, right, right? Right, And it's that whole thing of, oh, I could do that. Okay, but you didn't. Right, right. Right? Yeah, yeah. You didn't. Right, right. If you could have done it, or if you, you pony up and like do the work right. and then and make were, the thing. Were yeah. you alive in the 1960s and involved in exactly that movement? No. Yeah. But, uh, and the other thing, too, is the, the kind of corruption uh, that art has now is it's basically money laundering for oligarchs now. So art is basically the, the creativity and, and, you know, that's why, uh, you know, Banksy and, and like, uh, you know, uh, actually uh, graffiti art and actually, mm. you know, urban like street art is is this uh, a more more valid thing because it can't it's it's so much harder okay, yeah, for, yeah, it, for yeah. people to, to tear it off of walls and, and put it in Sotheby's. Uh, auctions but uh yeah so so yeah i definitely have a lot of contempt for uh yeah 
contemporary art as they obviously what, have for creatives yeah <laughs> right but uh, yeah so but that, that's the thing and that's this, this back and forth and we're always going to be we're at the kind of mercy because uh, creatives have to use digital platforms and digital mm. tools so I'm not a fan of the people that make Photoshop and they are in some ways you know kind of controlling how I can you know how I can uh, uh, create images so right. that's yeah it's very it's a weird uh, weird dynamic and it will continue to be for a while so blah 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 rant over <laughs> uh, but anyhow there, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah that's it for this week so yeah, cool. where can people find you uh, on Twitter where I'm talking about the um, presentation of information in the alien cinematic scenarios right because nice. I'm running destroyer of worlds which you're planning on Sunday yes right and uh, I recently just yesterday bought the uh, Heart of Darkness PDF, like the third cinematic scenario. Uh -huh. I haven't started reading it yet, except the characters, it's scientists. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. That's cool. So, yeah, anyway, that's HiveMind, H-Y-V-E-M-Y-N-D, where I'm also tossing up pixel art card mm. artworks. Yep. Excellent. So, how about you? All right, and I'm still persisting <laughs> until I make a Dilbert-like mistake on my live stream. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> uh, to, uh, to do my uh, uh, cartoon uh, domestic abuse. So uh, gocomics.com slash domestic abuse for the archive and abuse cartoons on Twitch and YouTube every Wednesday night, North American time, Thursday on this side of the world hmm. for a live stream where I draw the cartoon and eat some Japanese snacks and had a really good one this week Ooh, it was nice. a very premium chocolate thing that Ooh. i didn't think it was a convenience store was capable of doing but, uh, <laughs> wow. very impressed all right <laughs> signing out if you'd like to support what we're doing with uh, the weekly please visit uh, patreon.com slash upturn table and uh, become a weakling yes the strongest of all supporters except it's spelled with two e's two e's <laughs> right and let us know uh, what you'd like to see and what you're enjoying about uh, this weekly podcast and then also get the rss feed of all of this audio uh, sweetened so it's easier to listen to just on headphones so you auto-tune uh, my voice yes sir. all right awesome <laughs> i do i do it's completely different and uh, uh also visit uh upturntable.com for uh everything that we're up to uh things we'll be posting uh we did a recent uh a, it's not a live stream of our first yeah, yeah. battle for oathmark and massacre. so that's not a buzz in battle it was a massacre <laughs> so, yeah. so if you'd like to see some elves get slaughtered <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll do a uh, an edited kind of digested version of that so you can see that just the dynamics of, of a very simple battle so a, mm. a learning beginner battle of 550 points on a two by four table yeah, yeah. so it's a tiny one but it, it's good to give you the basic uh rules and, and how yeah things, how things work how yeah things run and uh, and and chris i'd like to compliment you you did oh, yeah? a, a great job kind of going through the rules so oh, thanks so listening to that so i want to make sure that that is stays intact as much as possible kind of going step by step like how you're thinking about each of these roles and what you know what you're uh what you're doing uh chris handled the the rule book and everything very well so it's, oh, well, i had to do something i was getting whooped so bad <laughs> well you were distracted that's what happened you were distracted with the rules but it's a very clear um explanation of of how the battles run and uh and what you know what's what bonuses what penalties and how things uh work in ultimark so if you're interested in that system it's a great way to learn the game yeah, good Just, to know that like what 13 years of quasi teaching has kind of paid off <laughs> right right <laughs> and now yes. i'm able to present information <laughs> right. So, and also find us on Upturn Table on all social media. Yeah. So that's it for this week. We'll be back next week. Later, mortals. Goodbye.